best. So what are your hopes? What are your hopes for this year? Uh, your plans? Jesus. Yeah. Continue reflecting. What are you waiting for this year, expecting? Um, or waiting for the new year to tackle? Waiting to experience or to have happen? Um, in our passages, we'll see today, uh, we see um, Simeon waiting. Mm. Um, uh, and others, and we'll walk through that. But so often, we're waiting for something to happen, or for something to be right, or for a season to come before we do something, or try, or to pass, right? To get the right job, or for kids to be in school, or out of school. <laughs> for us to be ready, whatever ready means. I love Dr. Seuss, and I share a birthday with him very proudly. <laughs> and he talks about waiting. Um, um, waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. So whether we're waiting for something to happen, to get something, we sometimes get stuck in the waiting and not move on those things. So our passage today is going to speak to us about anticipation and waiting, the Holy Family, Simeon, Anna. Uh, so let's read. Um, for this is from Luke 2, 22 to 40. Um, when the time came for the pur purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents <coughs> brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, and then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, the from the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Mm, holy God, you are present with us. Lord, we are waiting for your move. Would you just help us to 
um, open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our minds to the words that you would have planned um, individually, specially for each one of us. Lord, may the words that I speak reflect your heart, mm. your truth, your love, and your grace. Um, we praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So God's people in the passage that we read, as you can hear, were waiting uh, at different times for different things. There's Mary and Joseph waiting to follow the law and the customs that were, uh, that were present, that they were to follow. Seeming waiting with anticipation, drawing close to God, allowing God to lead him by his spirit, and then Anna, the prophet. So as we think about them through Advent, we're, we're waiting for Jesus to come to us as Emmanuel, God with us, born as an infant. Um, we reflected at that time also on what the shepherds and others saw and heard. And when they saw and heard, <clears throat> what were the words that they spoke? And what were the things that they did? And as a result, what did other people see and hear and speak and do? So as we think about those things, um, we think back to that, and I'd like to look at our passage today in that same way, too. So Mary and Joseph were waiting. Um, so the, the passage says, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law, what did they do? They took Jesus to Jerusalem to pre present him to the Lord, right? As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn mile is to be consecrated to the Lord and offered a sacrifice. And it says that they, they did that, the two doves. Some people, if they would also offer a lamb, uh, but depending on the, um, the resources of families would, would do that. So, um, so they were waiting um, for certain things to do and then they followed through on those actions. Simeon, what do we know about him? This passage talks about three things. It talks about his character, his waiting, and his relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. They talk about him being righteous and devout, right? The passage says, or Luke tells us he was righteous and devout. Tells us about his character. Um, he was waiting. What was he waiting for? We we know the consolation of Israel for the Messiah, that he would see the Messiah before he would pass. It also talks about his relationship with God, like that he would be so close to God that God would reveal to him, mm -hmm. would re reveal that truth to him, and he does that for his people we draw near to him as we seek to draw near to him. So it tells us about his relationship with God, um, staying close to him, and that he was, uh, that the Holy Spirit was with him. There was the part in the passage where it said the Holy Spirit drew him to the temple that day. So this was an ordained, this was a God-ordained meeting and connection. The Holy Spirit brought him to the temple. Jesus was coming with Mary, Mary and Joseph were bringing baby Jesus uh, to be consecrated at the temple that day and to offer their sacrifice, and he would be there to receive. So th this was a God was orchestrating, orchestrating these pieces, or these pieces to happen. <coughs> when the parents brought the child again. It talks about them following the law. This is what they were supposed to do based on the law of Moses. Um, Simeon took him in his arms, and he praised God. The words that he said, he praised God. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, he speaks that promise, so we know that promise. That promise is recorded here. Uh, he spoke it out loud, so it's recorded 
in Luke's gospel, and we can know another example of God speaking to his people, making a promise and then fulfilling it. Um, so it shows that faith, exactly. Um, you may now dismiss your servants in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, your salvation in this child, Jesus, yeah, the Messiah, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Um, How he knew that. Yeah, and that was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, and God would speak to him. It's amazing. It is. It really, it really is when we stop and read the word and and then put ourselves in the picture mm-hmm. and, and imagine what that must be like to hear from God and to know how certain he felt and that Amen. he knew Amen. God's truth and he believed him too as we talked about the shepherds believed the angels when they said yeah. a child is born <coughs> go and see and they went mm-hmm. right but they had to trust and believe that that was true and so he was doing yeah. the same thing so you see his recognition uh, the revelation to him his praise and worship he then blesses the child and blesses his parents. Um, he prophesies. So what does he say to Mary and Joseph? He blesses them. And he says, this child will cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. Mm-hmm. So again, people are expecting a Messiah perhaps to come in with great power and um, military might to to be Destroy able to free the people you know, from, from Rome. But that's this is, he's already speaking that, that Jesus is going to do something different. Some will rise and some will fall. And that will be a surprise to be a sign that will be spoken against. He's not necessarily going to be embraced and welcomed by God's people who are waiting for him and waiting and waiting and longing for him to come and then they're not going to recognize him. Um, so he speaks that. And through that, he will be a sign that, um, that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. As we know, we've seen as we walk through passages through the summer and the fall, um, God's people, um, many of the the Jewish priests, the leaders who believed they were doing all the right things and thought they could work their way to God were missing the Messiah that he's promised, that they're waiting for. And goes on to say that a sword will pierce your own soul too to Mary. But I want to back up and say um, so he speaks to Mary and Joseph, and then he speaks also about Jesus. He describes him as a light. Mm. Describes Jesus as a light for what? A light for revelation uh, to both the Gentiles and the Jews. Mm. What does light do? Light brings things alive. Like things are still it just as that light. It settles fears. Light reveals mysteries. It adds. Um, it shines in the darkness and. As Jesus comes as a light who shines in the darkness, the darkness will not overcome it. So things can be incredibly dark, mm. but when the light shines, you still see that light. So Jesus, God in flesh, our eternal light, breaking into a spiritually dark world. It talks about um, light being, um, giving courage um, that also enables. So he speaks to Jesus, or he speaks over Jesus, and he speaks to Mary. You think about hearing as a mom, as a parent, that your heart will be pierced, or that that your soul will be pierced, too. Um, Again, of all those things that she just takes and tucks away, ponders in her heart, some of the other passages, passages say, the 
to hear that spoken, but to know that God is with them. So Simeon sees and hears Jesus for who he is. And then the words that he spoke, he spoke life and he spoke light and prophecy and blessing. He trusted and believed what God had told him and he spoke it so that we could see and hear and trust and believe and spoke blessing and prophesied um, over Mary and Joseph um, and Jesus. And as all this was happening, Anna comes, right? Um, the prophet Anna, who um, in her life, the expectant was married for seven years and her husband passed away and she became a widow and then she devoted her life to worshiping God and being in the temple. And she was there day and night fasting and praying and staying close to God. So she too had that close relationship with God that's available, that, that we saw with Simeon, that's available to us too, that, um, that she... She knew, as she heard Simeon speaking, that this is the Messiah. She came and joined, and she, she joined in and was praising also. And not only did she praise there, but what does the passage say that she began to do? So she continued to speak about the child. She spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption. Mm -hmm. So she saw it. She witnessed what had happened and would continue to share what she had seen in that time, too. So she gave thanks, she was grateful, she praised, she worshipped, and then shared. So for us, again, when we think about what are we expecting, what are we waiting for, what are we looking for, um, what are we seeing and hearing, and how do we respond when we do with those opportunities? I'm going to look very briefly at our passage in Galatians. Um, so this is Paul's passage. Um, it's already been read, I won't read all the way through it. Um, it talks about when the right time came, right? So mm -hmm. it's talking about God's time. And he's going to speak back to, to Jesus being born of Mary. But just quick background for Galatians. It's one of his earliest letters from 49 B.C. to churches in southern Galatia that were founded on, his, on Paul's first missionary journey. And the purpose of this entire letter, this is in chapter 4, but the whole letter in its entirety um, is... Paul is refuting the Judaizers who are trying to impose Jewish law on the Gentiles and Christians, that the things that Jesus came to fulfill, they're trying to reimpose those things, um, undermining Paul's authority and what he's preaching. So Paul is also wanting to reestablish his authority that's being challenged and to call to faith the believers, to call them to faith and freedom in Christ, reminding him, reminding them, reminding us that faith brings true freedom from sin and legalism. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus brings, brings those to us. He brings us freedom from sin and freedom from legalism. So Paul knows, as we know, <laughs> that Christians are given our identity in God. God has a purpose for all of our lives. We are created in his image for purposes he established long before, as, as he was creating the world, he already had us in his mind. And in his heart. And we can sometimes go on different different paths through our lives, but his heart is always to be pursuing us, to always be drawing us close to him, that we might know who we are in him, not the tapes that play in our mind from words that have been spoken over our lives that may not be the most positive or that, or that we're believing lies about ourselves that we can't or we're not enough or won't or 
we have an identity in Jesus, formed by God, in his image, uh, for purposes that he established long ago. So God knew at the right time to send Jesus, Paul speaking, born of a woman. So he's God yet human. So he's, he's reinforcing this again. And even though he's, he was born as a Jew, he lived as a Jew. He was subject to the laws of Moses growing up. And you can see evidence of his parents, even from the very beginning, mm -hmm. following the customs, the traditions, and the laws for circumcision, for presenting at the, um, at the temple, for the purification um, sacrifices, for the sacrifices, for the consecration of him. So they, uh, they were following the law and would continue to do. And Jesus is the only one who fulfilled that perfectly, which makes him the perfect lamb perfect sacrifice for us that we could know him and be free in him. One of the questions that Paul poses to the Galatians that, that I think is important for us to reflect on too is like why do they continue to try and keep the requirements that are already fulfilled by Christ? Are we trying to do that too? In verse 6 he says the Holy Spirit um, emphasizes that the Holy Spirit strengthens, he helps, he indwells in us, he confirms our identity, and comes into our heart. So it says the Holy Spirit, sends the Holy Spirit into our heart so that he is in us, with us, wherever we go. And as we connect with him, like he will, he does speak to us in our lives and through our experiences and through other people and through his word. Amen. Worship in lots Amen. of other ways as we begin seeking. This passage also um, emphasizes the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three, three persons, one God. Right? He talks about God the Father sends the Son, God the Son, um, and sends the Holy Spirit so that um, we can know him. That we're no longer slaves the heirs, we are adopted as his children, that we might become his children. All through God, and the promises come through God alone, through this wonderful child of the promise. Amen. So here we are. As we move into this new year, we want to be intentional. So how can we align with God individually and as a church? And as I shared a little earlier, we have some opportunities to do that together. Um, individually and as a church, inviting you to engage in 21 days of prayer. There's a fasting component opportunity for that too, not necessarily um, fasting food for 21 days, definitely not doing that. Um, but as you know, Tucker and Anna fasted and praying, and God, as we, as we seek to draw close to God, what are those things that we go to as our comfort, as our peace, as our truth, that we may say, you know what, for this time, we might consider, not required, um, but it's an opportunity um, as we draw, as we draw close to him. But for 21 days to ourselves in his word, open a passage, read it, pray through it, see how he might speak to us and guide us as we seek to know his heart, as we seek to know him, um, who we are in him, um, and how he might have us live. So in those 21 days, just that opportunity to draw near to God. And um, God's word in James says, as you draw near to God, he will 
draw near to teach. <coughs> it does. I've, I've experienced it. I've seen it yeah. over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. And sometimes we do, and we step away, and we come back, and he's right there because he's mm -hmm. never left us. Yeah. <laughs> he's been there the whole time, which is yeah. a matter of turning around and seeing, um, seeing that he's there with us. So there's the... Um, there's that opportunity in prayer, and whether it's 21 days of prayer or just your own opportunity to connect with God in your way, in your time, um, helps us to draw close to God so we can begin to recognize His voice and Amen. see the ways He is connecting Amen. in our lives. And another opportunity, as I shared, um, we'll have a small group opportunity beginning the week of January 15th, and that's me an opportunity for us to come together um, in community, in Christian community, open his word together, um, explore it, wrestle with it, um, and grow together with one another and in him. Um, so we'll have those opportunities and more is coming this week so you can look at your calendars and see what works and all groups will be for anybody who wants to join. So make it as uh, simple and accessible um, hopefully, as possible. So as we reflect on our new year, think about what are we waiting for, what are we hoping for, what are we resolving to do, um, more than just a checkbox, I'm going to try and work out for a couple days and maybe I'll do it and maybe I won't, um, but what are what are those things, what, what we don't know what's going to come in the new year, the good, the bad, all of the things, but what we do know is that God is with us. In John 16:33, Jesus tells us, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. So whether 2024 brings us goodness and abundance and you know easier times or challenges come and trials, like all those things happen, things happen in our lives. What we know going into this year is, as we celebrated at Christmas, you know, God with us, Jesus is with us, the Holy Spirit is in our hearts. He's constantly pursuing us, wanting to guide us, encourage us, redirect us when we get off track a little bit. He loves us so much. Amen. So much. So as we learn from Luke, we learn about devotion and obedience in the love of Mary and Joseph mm -hmm. as the, the parents on earth of Jesus. The um, here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We learned about the faith and devotion of Simeon and Anna that led to their deep relationship with God and the ability to hear and, um, and be directed and follow their obedience to what he was leading them to do and the sharing and the fulfillment of those promises. Um, how they connected with God. We learn from their faith in the ways that he guided them. And for Paul, too, who was reminding the early Christians, the early church, um, so we can connect and seek God and help to connect other believers to the truth. Mm -hmm. And so as we see and we hear, as we think about the words that we speak about those things and to others, um, do they bring life? And do they encourage others? And what actions do they cause us to take and what actions and feelings do they cause in others? Um, how are we helping um, others around us and ourselves see the light of Christ that is with us in and us?
bring hope mm-hmm. and peace and love to this world. Let's pray. God, you are, you are so good. Lord, we just, we wait for you. We thank you for just the many ways that you have provided for this church, for our lives, for our families, for our community through this year. Lord, we wait with expectation to the coming year for all you want to do in us and through us. God, help us to trust what we read, to see the examples of people who um, who walked in faith and wrestled um, wrestled through those times that they lived in the eternity that you have planned out. But we know that we are here at this time and this generation, in this place, for purposes that you established long ago. Lord, would you use us? Would you help us to have the, the strength, the courage, um, the diligence to seek you and your wisdom and your will for our lives? Um, help us to look to you for peace and joy and hope anchor in you. Lord, as we set our expectations for the year, as we wait, as we resolve to do or wait for things, Lord, help us to think um, not only what are we waiting for, but what are we waiting for? Like, you call us. Um, We look to you for healing. We trust your timing. Lord, would you show us what you have for us, when you have for us. Thank you for those things that you plant in our hearts. Help us not get ahead of you, um, but to stay close to you, Lord. We praise you. Oh, we love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.